Hello and welcome back to Big Bad Books. This is going to be episode two. Amazing. God. We made it. This is the show where we, well, we read them uh-huh. so that you, dear listener, don't have to. What does them refer to in them, this sentence? Them, uh, it refers to the eponymous oh, books that are big and the, bad. The big bad books. Yeah. And this season, what are we doing? <laughs> this season, it is, well, it's it's a classic of the genre. Yeah. It's Ernest Klein's Ready Player Two. Beautiful. Um, I'm Declan, by the way. You are. I'm Isaac. Hi. Cool. How you doing? Yeah. It's it's a big day for us here in the in the flat. Huge. It's huge. It's episode two. I don't know if I mentioned that. You of did. Big actually, Bad you went big yeah. on that. We've got a big stream coming up later. Yeah. It's the Euros finals. Yeah. It's coming home. Well, maybe. It's, it's, it's we'll coming home. That. It's coming home. Let me have this. But more pertinently, we've got a recap to do. Now, we like to start this, you know, all the episodes we've done of this show, they yeah. all start the same way, don't they? And how do they start? It's with the recap. The recap. You said it along at home. <clears throat> I'm going to give Declan 60 seconds to recap. Okay. This time it's going to be quite difficult because you've got three, three whole chapters. chapters. Maybe if you want to get some of Ready Player One in as well, just to really bring us no, up, don't. then that's all up to you. But your time did start five seconds ago. Good luck. Okay, so basically, Ready Player Two, it starts right where the last one ended. This guy, he's won. He's, uh, he, he's Wade. called Wade Watts. Wade Owen Watts. He's, he's, he's won everything. He's won the world. He runs Amazon and everything now. And he's got this big machine. 45 seconds. He puts it on his head. And then he's in he's in the virtual world. What's it so called? He can lick things now. What's it called? The new one's called the Oni. Yep. Yeah, and you can lick things, and you can be a woman. You can't be a gay. <laughs> you, you you can fly. It's sort of like you can't get seconds. hurt. Um, anyway, so they're like, cool. This was invented by just experimenting on the disabled, really. They didn't have a lot of permission. 20 seconds. So then his girlfriend doesn't like it because he's going to give it to everyone. She thinks it's a bad idea. The shard so he's going to give it to everyone. There's a big riddle. It doesn't actually matter <laughs> because it hasn't appeared so far. And also, he's oh, yeah. going to go to space for some reason. Okay. 10 seconds left there. Yeah, so the shard riddle, it's like lots of puzzles, but he hasn't really bothered to solve any of them. But he might he might die if it's not. Oh, who knows? Possibly, yeah. It said the air will pay a toll each time that one of the something mm. happens. We're mm. not clear on what that is. One of the shards is riddled to riddled completion. To fuck, yeah. Uh, good summary, I would say. Thank and you. Yeah, you had like 10 seconds left. Okay, that's so good. That's good. Given that, I mean, maybe we should... That that was three chapters, so maybe in future you just get 10 seconds. Okay, yeah, I'll just, like, rattle really through rattle what on earth's happened. I like to present at the top, you'll remember from previous I was going to say, I'm sure that you a, were going to do one of these. An, a theme or a lens or yeah. a conceptual framework, you might say, uh, to really dive deep into this chapter. Today's is the theme of aimlessness. Ah, a meandering through the wet woods of prose. It's interesting because that's a theme I I'd have said could have applied to any of the three preceding chapters. Yeah, also, perhaps that is the case, but we didn't have a theme for those. So no, much. or maybe the theme was like nice guy was for the last one. But Ready Player One, for all of its many well documented faults, it has one goal it's trying to achieve, accomplish. Yeah, and every bit of the book is kind of doggedly in service of let's get Wade from the stacks where his aunt got crushed to Chaddam, ultimate kind of godhood. Yeah. And it does that. He does so, do that. So far we are as of the end of this chapter, we're twenty percent into this book. And as we will see with this chapter, it just further confirms that there is either no plot or there are so many Separate plot elements. 20% in terms of pages or in terms of... That's weird. Yeah. I'd have thought we weren't anywhere near that. Yeah. Well, my Kindle has really fucked it up because because I'm reading it so slowly because I'm taking notes, it thinks that it's going to take 45 hours to finish the book, which I was was like, how fucking long is it? God in heaven. Because I haven't actually seen the physical version. No, no. It could be... Maybe it's just a pamphlet. But no, we're like, I think it was about 19% exactly at the end of chapter four, which is what we're on today. I'll be calling it chapter four, and indeed the title of the episode will refer to chapter four, but please remember that it's actually level four dash zero 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 two, because that's more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a gamer's system. That's something of another theme, isn't it? Gamers, that's a big... I was picking up huge gamer vibes, and I'm glad that's not just me. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. We dive into chapter four as follows. There is... Uh, an opening paragraph which you know what's your goal as a writer when you were writing an opening paragraph to a, a short well, story or a chapter in or... all of the stuff that I write which is as you know Prolific. plentiful yeah. um, the first the first paragraph is key they yeah. always say that start as you mean to go on yeah. that's another thing that they say VCOP's yeah. math of course yeah of course yeah. <laughs> who could forget um, and you just gotta go in hard you wanna you wanna drop in 
Maybe some interesting new words. Okay. You want to get in a character, probably. Maybe some, like, scene setting. You could do some scene setting. Or, importantly, or some big plot. You want to get, like, a big plot. One thing that I think Ernest has done here is he's probably... You know that thing that goes around the internet every so often where it's like... You may not know it, but, like, language has its own rules that we all follow without even realising it. So you wouldn't say, like, Clifford the Red dog big well (laughs) you're you're absolutely right i wouldn't after two dozen laps in my heated indoor olympic size giant swimming pool (laughs) olympic size giant hang on well which which is it yes which thanks to my ar swim goggles was teeming with rare tropical fish and even a pod of friendly dolphins to keep just go for a fucking swim i was standing in my walk-in closet surrounded by tailored suits and designer clothes i'd never worn and probably never would oh okay good that's all one sentence right you could translate that to just be like I went After for my a swim, swim. I got dressed. <laughs> yeah. Or didn't. Yeah, or, seemingly. Yeah, just stood there. Just stood nude in my big walk in closet. Every time that I think Ernest has like peaked in terms of that over adjectived like word salad of like taking such a simple concept and blowing it up to be like, right, we need five different modifiers for this pool. We need to describe these fish as rare, tropical, exotic, <laughs> and then And then floating. also just specify exactly what's there as well. <laughs> it was the fish from Avatar, but not the one that's out. The one that will be out in 2029. Uh, he's doing some tech shit here. Like, like you know, the tech bros? Mm. I wore the same outfit every day, so I never had to expend any thought on what to wear next. Wow. Now, we know that Ernest likes to catch something in reference and the reference he goes for here is Jeff Goldblum in The Fly but I think a more apt reference would be like Elon Musk kind of Steve Jobs turtleneck Mm. Mark Zuckerberg like it's one of those cool things that you read about on the R Entrepreneur subreddit well okay well here's a question as someone who doesn't and and won't Read, yeah. read this read Ready foul Foul script okay I thought you were um, next does he make reference to any real world people not ever? really no Only, he it's does it in terms of like station or like, like the president right but, but like in terms of like and I'm assuming that he might say like Spielberg's yes true, right, true, that, true. but like he's not he's not ever been like I remember back in the past when there was Barack Obama, like he used to do a summer playlist. Yeah, really the only time that he maps it onto the real world is to make painful and contrived pop culture comparisons Mm. that, I don't know about you, they very rarely seem to have like embellished the work so far. No, if anything anything diminished. I didn't need to think about Jeff in the fly. I understood he he was being a a twat. Yeah, He didn't have to think of a movie twat. He has this, what he calls a humanoid service robot. In fact, he has a fleet of them. Yeah. This one is called Belvedere. And Belvedere is programmed to give him breakfast. Well, two things. Give me breakfast. Only speak when spoken to. Wow. <laughs> These are the two big <laughs> programming, like, cornerstones, I guess, but, in that well, OS. The last one had the job of read him the news, but not any of the politics yeah. news, just the fun news. Like, yeah. when is Avatar He had a pretty whimsical yeah. job as well, Max, uh, of just being a fun character. <laughs> oh, just... Just being a card, a like an absolute card. Yeah. Uh, after he provides breakfast, Belvedere, quote, retreated to the corner and stood there like a statue waiting to be of further use. I'd programmed Belvedere never to speak unless spoken to. And the reason for this is he's scared of his robot voice. And also Wait, who is? Wade is. Wade is or he's... Belvedere is afraid of his own <laughs> robot voice. <laughs> What is this? I am fright. Uh, No, Wade has seen so many movies that he's scared of robots, whilst also surrounded surrounding himself, but with as many as possible. He describes at some length how he's like gone through like the synth modulation of this guy's robot voice to try and make it more palatable. But anything he does, he's still scared of. Wow, that's boring. Uh, Now, there's something of maybe our first plot point alert here because okay a lot of times in this chapter and if i'd gone through my notes and re-edited them i perhaps would have taken this out there are lots of like what we call plot hooks uh and that has been the case so far in in the text it's just that none of them have been kind of reeled in. yeah they've they've just like lodged in yeah. the flesh he's throwing out a lot of hooks from his fishing he's boat. ready to just give one big yank and yeah. drag us all head first into the story it kind of has the vibe of something that happens these days where like writers will have like a patreon where they're releasing chapters to their like patrons as like beta readers yeah and then they will adjust where the book was going based on that feedback which i guess it sounds kind of dystopian but i guess that's kind of what dickens was doing with like serialized novels. yeah but what 
the difference, I suppose, is that if you're four, if you're twenty percent of the way into the novel and you've thrown out four hundred different plot hooks that range from like mm. spaceship, embryos, new VR, a shard riddle, the breakup with the girlfriend, like at some point you've got to pick one of them. Something's got to happen. Something's <laughs> got to give. This chapter, he's going to throw out more just and some more and more. more. Yeah. Like, and also, we it feels like we're coming back to this power creep idea of like, well, what? What more plot hooks are there beyond like he's <laughs> the, the most world. powerful person and in the, the world? Ending. He's he's actually leaving the world. Yeah. Um, On the good it, feels, it feels like every time a new TV show tries to be Lost, uh-huh. right, and they think like, oh, what what did Lost have? Why well, it had a lot of mysteries. Uh, so the first like three episodes of of whatever this new TV show is like, you don't ever know any character's name. Yeah. Everyone's just playing the pronoun game. It's like, he's coming. Who's he? Oh, well, they're on their and way. Like, a giraffe will just walk past shop. And yeah, like, and then Ooh. and then it just cut. You don't see them for another three episodes. Yeah. Like, it's someone else. And then, like, that's why nobody watches them. Yes, I yeah. suppose so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this, you're saying, is very... This works by comparison. Oh, by contrast. That wasn't what I was saying, but maybe... Okay, well, maybe well, no, well, you're the one reading it, so... So, he introduces here the idea of artificial intelligence tears. T-I-E, rather than they're crying about their yeah, robot yeah. voice. So he has this long aside, I hope it's an aside, because it will be a very boring way for the plot to go, <laughs> where he describes Belvedere as a tier one AI, which is like the... He doesn't really put too much thought into how you'd categorise them other than quote extremely weak <laughs> like they can just sort of serve you you can be out you can outfox them with a sudoku yeah, and make them not speak the military has tier 2 AIs which can form memories and learn independently which that's a big step between 1 and buff. 2 <laughs> and then there is this race this kind of arms race to develop tier 3 which quote had become like the race to create the atomic bomb and that has to go somewhere, right? Like, it must go somewhere. Yeah, surely. Fingers crossed. After breakfast, which was a an omelette, a cold omelette, he puts on his AR glasses and he connects. Uh, he can't just say that he connects, so he specifies that it's with a heavily encrypted remote access code. Okay, In yeah, case good. you were wondering. Oh, well, I was worried that he was doing this without encryption. To a humanoid telepresence robot... Uh, which is high, it's in high Earth orbit watching the Vonnegut, which is his spaceship that of he's course, creating. Of course, yeah. Just remind us why he's created the spaceship. So um, what he's done is he created it so that he could have a, a big jolly up in space. Yeah, a kind of get out him, of Earth free card. With him, his mate, his ex-girlfriend, and about a thousand of the world's <laughs> embryos that he's just, that he's secretly just amassed get. for no real... But because he says that he didn't, they've not told anyone. It's like yeah. completely secret. But also that people have donated all their embryos, to the which cause. is so sickening. I to like think. the idea that you can just create a kind of fervent nationalism that was like, right, we need embryos <laughs> for the state. Yeah, like we're days, we need days you. away from yeah. that. Uh, we need womb. <laughs> he, he uses all of this cool telebot tech to to look at the spaceship and kind of see how it's coming along. And then also to look back at Earth and zoom in on himself in oh, his own garden. come on. Which is such a fucking jerk-off it's thing to like, do. This is just the, the, the like ruler of the world version of like finding your house on yeah. Google Earth. He's checking how the ship's coming along because it's not done. Uh, there's a kind of like time... I think this is going to be one of the like plot engines is like how far along the Vonnegut is to completion. Because at the point that it's completed... He's got. He's got. He's ditching it. And he's out. Leave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, is it not today that old Branson's off into space? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Well, timely. Never see him again. Timely. Uh, the Talbots or Telebots are being controlled by engineers on Earth who are quote running diagnostic tests on the experimental heavy duty radi- radiation shielding around the frozen <sighs> embryo storage compartment, like. Very boring, but also funny that they're not like making the ship fly. They're just they're just protecting the embryos more. Like, yeah, more the, and more and the more. Key they, he's just going to give up and be like, "This is just a really good embryo <laughs> house." <laughs> he also checks with his telebot that the onboard version of the Oasis, the VR world, which is called Arcadia, but the second day is an at sign. Yes, I remember. Is Arcadia. all working, and it is all working. There was no need That's to bring good. it up. Okay, fine. He's yeah. like, he's just super keen to check in and be like fuck you do remember that I've got all this cool shit on on board here's another potential plot hook or maybe like theme alert when he's done fucking about in space he takes the glasses off and he reflects on like how he's just done something insane like no one else on earth can do what he's just done he says 
I traveled all the way to space and back, and I'd only managed to kill 15 minutes. And is this like setting the scene for this whole like money won't buy you happiness? Like actually, actually the ultimate marginalized person is the number one billionaire oh, on the planet. That's no richest. one can understand him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just wow. A, I, mean, another... I mean, it could be because he he he's maybe going on this character developmental journey. I yeah, mean, hopefully. I, I I would hope I would hope so. Otherwise, it. And we're not saying Wade's not developed and great already. Like he's he's absolutely an alpha male chart. Yeah, well, he's a sigma male, isn't he? Now Beyond he's alpha. a sigma male because he's he's like the lone wolf. Yeah. Um, but even <clears throat> so, like he could develop more from the guy who wants the Earth to just sort of. Die. Well, yeah, he could he could be a guy who fucks again. <laughs> That's <could be. laughs> so actually another big development that he could be looking for. Today is the day of the co-owners meeting. Which for every time I read it, it just. For all of the effort that Ernest puts into like terminology, co-owners meeting just rings very this is false. Very, like, it just this sounds is so like, boring. It's it's not even that it's boring. It just sounds like a little kid's idea of what a business is. Yeah, we had our co-owners meeting. We had it sounds the, like I did a business yeah, today. It yeah, sounds like that. <laughs> uh, and prior to the co-owners meeting, he's quite shook up about it, right? Because Artemis. His other co-owner. She's going to be there. She's going to be there, and she's told him to fuck off, basically. Yeah. And he, they, yeah, they made the beast. She's with taken two backs. that fine ass elsewhere. Yeah, and oh. birthmark, lest we. Forget. Whoa, that goes. But he doesn't saying. mind. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. He calls up two of the other gunters, H and Shoto, uh, to ju- to just have a kind of pre-game, like yeah, get their heads in the game. Neither of them answer. As usual, Ooh. neither of them picked up, and this is not really dwelt on significantly. He mm. says, I'd learned the hard way that if your friends were avoiding you, you didn't want or need to know about it. It's <laughs> just really sad. Because wow. H was his like only friend in the Oasis, like at all. Yeah. And now even those bonds have been broken. It's weird, like, are they not, um, are they not privy to any of his other like, Big like plans. delights and plans and fortune. It's hard to know. I mean, they are they are all loaded, but yeah. he's the most loaded. He's the mo- oh, I see. Right, yeah. he's in charge. He's the big. He carries on with his breakfast ritual of watching the quote flock of security drones patrolling his estate. Well, I love to do that. There is a theme, perhaps emerging, of paranoia, but I I worry that I worry that Ernest is setting this up only for it, rather than being like, you know, he's becoming this like reclusive antisocial cut off from society kind of incel billionaire I think what's going to happen is he's setting all of these things up because someone is going to come after him yeah, and it'd yeah. be like luckily I'd prepared I had already my flock got of my... security drones and Belvedere came in yeah, and terrified with a, the with shit a... out of me which made me run so fast and he scared the baddies with his weird voice go away go leave this place um, this is the only time that he's outside all day because he's going to spend his allotted 12 hours in the Oni and he describes it as getting his, quote, daily minimum dose of sunlight. Very cool, very normal, very yeah. good. You could take a vitamin D supplement, I guess. Yeah. Forgetting, perhaps, that we already did a scene involving the AR goggles in the pool, he puts them back on, cool. describes it in too much detail. But this time... I, can I just say, I fucking hate the AR goggles. Why more. is that? I hate it. I hate... Oh, go on, why? It's just so shit that, like... He's got he's got a literal like virtual paradise to yeah. which he can go. He's living he is the richest fuck on earth. Yeah. But like he can't just have a swim. He has to have a swim with some fake fish. I have a he's feeling got that a, in, unless it's going to become thematic, which again I'm not really holding my yeah, breath for twenty percent no. of the way in, that it's basically just a cynical plot device so that you can have him doing normal stuff. But also, it's gamer and cool. It's pretty. It's like I went to the. I went to have a shower, but why? I put my AR goggles on, so it was like I was showering in the waterfall in 1984's <laughs> famous waterfall-based threat. Like it would just be some shit like that. Yeah. And and case in point, he's now putting the goggles on to check his email. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not just like you he's or not, I would do. He's probably like swiping and like love, frolicking I through the, the Gmail. That he's like he's he's putting them on, but not to not to use the AR for the email. That he's, he's still, still doing on, at the computer yeah, yeah, yeah. at his desktop. It's just that like there's a little the bird flying across. Yeah, the, Clippy the, appears. Yeah. Um, he so yeah, he just checks his email. I don't know why you included that, Ernest. I don't know. I try. Is there an important email or there's not? <laughs> He's getting emails from everyone. Like and he's then got I'm, so many. And then I walked 
to, over to this side of the room and then I walked but yeah. I put my goggles on so and I walked back like the other was, way but yeah. <laughs> I was in the chariots of fire beach scene the next part of his routine is he goes on the he logs on the OniNet which as a brief catch up is kind of like YouTube for VR sensory oh, experiences this is the place where you can't be gay isn't yeah, it yeah it's the place yeah, where yeah. you can you can be a lesbian you can be a lesbian sorry yes or bisexual you cannot be you a male be homosexual a, yeah you can't <clears throat> do any M-M action that that is prohibited strictly none of that um, he logs on to OniNet and every day and this is this is almost actually quite poetic from Ernest but I don't think he means it so we won't give him credit <laughs> every hang day, on but he is a poet he does poetry big time yeah nerd yeah. poet or nerd porn or turk yeah um, he logs on to the Onion every day he downloads the most popular like VR experiences and adds them to his queue but his queue is now longer than he'll ever be able to experience so he talks right. the, the reason like I quite like that as an idea because yeah. it says something you could use it as a thematic device to say like he's someone who has so little understanding of how to like actually enjoy life that he's spending his whole life planning for Something that will ultimately never happen because he'll die. Planning for someone else's experience. Ernest immediately undercuts that by saying that what he, <laughs> the way he gets around this problem is that every single day he like takes stock of the whole lot and reorders them so that he will be doing the coolest ones first. <laughs> Which is just such a great way of undercutting. It's like your own. It's like he's wow. building up. It's like he's almost there. It's there, almost a theme. It's quite, oh, 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 it's not a theme. It's just it's, it's just, just a, a hindrance. It's just it's another just a tech obstacle. Challenge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's really, really a shame. Every day as well, he searches, uh, like a normal guy would, for keywords like Samantha Cook, Art Threemis, his girlfriend, basically. Hmm. And he will watch every single time anyone uploads an experience that she's tagged in. So it could be like her walking past, because she's famous as well, right? She's one of the gunters. Yeah. and, and she's very noticeable with the... With the bird yeah. that he can't stop going on yeah. about. Uh, but yeah, every single piece of footage, he has to inhabit someone like a sort of pervert ghost and just sort of watch her and probably smell her skin well, as she walks past. Yeah, well, you could taste her in the Oni. Whenever you, yeah. anyone posted a recording in which she appeared, I would download it. Even if it was just a clip of her signing an autograph for someone, still gave me a chance to experience standing next to her for a few seconds. I knew how pathetic this was which somehow made it even more pathetic. Uh, that is true, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It, it, it hasn't said wrong. No, it's not it hasn't wrong. Said wrong. I mean, he's I mean, allowed like, to like the do thing it. that we all know, there's right? No law is that <laughs> is that is that there's if if this is the internet, yeah. right? Then we know that the the majority of people uploading shit is people who are trying to get a look down a top. Yeah. And you you got to know he's, that Wade is spending all day. Those. No wonder his queue of everything Filters else is so long. Right <laughs> He says that it's fine what he's doing, actually, because there are, quote, far more twisted and depraved clips I could have been playing back, which has a big, like, wow. Your Honour <laughs> energy. It's like, well, I could have been watching Listen, stuff. I could have I invented any number of, <laughs> of tier five AIs top, to become her. The top not safe for work download at the moment. Uh, as an example of the twisted and depraved clips he could be watching, yeah. is a 50-person orgy where each participant is recording their own like perspective so that you can flick between them. And then he describes this as being, quote, like some hedonistic demon, which is an, an well, interesting first way of all, describing... he obviously has watched it. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he knows all about it. it. He just but read also, the also, it's your platform. You could get rid of that. <laughs> no, like, like if your defence... Because he's doing the like libertarian hands-off shit. It's like, let the free Don't tread on me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got to say, I'll just put a note, because I've meant to say it every episode. It occurs to me whenever I listen back, whenever we talk yeah. about this. I don't know if we've ever made the joke, but it's going to be annoying someone that we've never said Oni fans. So we have to oh, just okay. put that. <laughs> um, don't worry, though. The Oni net wasn't just a way for people to experience guilt-free sex and risk-free drug use. It was also an incredibly powerful tool for fostering empathy and understanding. Oh, that is good. It's another And, what, and how was like, that done? Have your cake, eat it too. How was the empathy? Basically, you know, uh, imagine you're an actor. Yep. You can do yep. some acting, but it's like I'm in your body now. So I can empathise with really your acting, body is it? feelings. Oh, right. Say you're a, an activist, I can... Uh, go and watch all of that activism that you're doing. Mm, it would strike me that that's not empathy, is it? Yes, no, it is. And understanding. Because it's, it, it's, it's not, is it? Because that, that is literally sympathy. Well, that's a, that's a, you know, kind of boring distinction. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. 
Ernest. It's a little bit technical for Ernest. Ernest has risen above semantics. <laughs> the Artemis Foundation, there's a three instead of an E, starts using it to get people who are being exploited. Doesn't say where, but they're like poor people who are being exploited, probably by probably by him, them, yeah, um, to tell their stories. And right. this is an example of how you'd foster empathy and understanding. Because if you could log on to the Oni and maybe you've you've watched the fifty person orgy, you've you've experienced about thirty of the perspectives, and you've probably jacked yourself silly. But then after that, you're like, oh, I wonder what poor people are thinking. So you can go and inhabit one of them, and it turns out they're watching the orgy as well. And <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow, they, we're they all we're them. all the same. They probably can't afford. I, the hang on a minute. He said in chapter two or something that he, he was made given it away. Cheap, not free. He, no, I thought he gave them away. <laughs> I think he might have given away a few, yeah. Oh. It's, you know, that's only for the real... You're saying it was an imperfect solution? <laughs> You're saying that maybe wealth distribution would have been better? Wade uh, tells Artemis earlier than now that what she's doing here is hypocritical because if you remember, she actually railed against the Oni yeah. uh, and now she's using the Oni to <laughs> Hang advance on. her activism. Wade, Wade pops his head out of a well <laughs> to so say... That from an iPhone, so <laughs> to say, hmm, you want to improve society? Interesting rags you peasants are wearing. I think you'll find feudalism made those. So uh, uh, she tells him, to her credit, to fuck off. She says, "Look up the Matt Bores comic, <laughs> which still exists." Um, let me give you one more section, and then I think we'll break for for an interstitial. Cool. He finishes his cold omelette that he was still having because he wow. was still breakfast. Wow, of course he had to check his emails yeah. and all of that in between. Yeah. The robot takes his plate, silently, I assume. <laughs> and then he's pondering. <laughs> Thank you. So- oh, I mean, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I shot Belvedere in his robot head. <laughs> I got Max to come metal. and fight him. <laughs> <laughs> he's pondering, you know, as all of us are after breakfast, what should I do next? Yeah. And here are his options. Should I have my daily guitar lesson with the hologram of Edward Van Halen? He's hired the holo... Well, he hasn't really hired. He's sort of stolen the holographic oh data of Van Halen's lead to, to learn the real guitar. Because he was sick at the virtual guitar, but now he has to learn the real one. And yeah, it's harder. Yeah. That could be a theme. That could be, yeah. Should I take another Bollywood dance lesson, <laughs> he thinks? With? Uh, doesn't say. Oh, but oh, the reason weird. for this is to practice for H and Endira's wedding. Now, I didn't know who Endira was, and so I looked it up, and it's because we've never heard of Endira before. Oh, good. But she's a Bollywood legend who's right. marrying H, who in the Oasis was Wade's, uh, well, Parzival's, like, Chad, white male, BFF. Oh, by but in real out. life is a, quote, heavyset African-American who Wade instantly also finds out is a lesbian, just to diffuse the fact that, like... You know, Wade could, Wade would never love outside of Artemis, right? Like, no, 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 no. So they wanted to diffuse the like that tension. Right it wasn't there. a catfish situation. Yeah, it was like I think you could almost start to make some interesting points about the need that you know lots of women pretend to be men online mm-hmm. so that they aren't harassed like in games and stuff. So H and Endira are getting married, and Wade wants to be so good at Bollywood dancing that. Samantha will see him do it and get back with him. He that, acknowledges this fair, might be a pipe dream. To be fair, that is the most accurate bit of characterization <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, heard yet. It is. Now, we'll take a pause here, kind of at the midpoint of the chapter, because cool. I believe you've found some interesting yeah, content. Well, I was looking up, it seems unfair to potentially make judgments about the author just solely based on the text. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we have had some dealings with his other work and yeah. and, and, and that's other appearances. It's even worse. Much worse. <laughs> like, really, really bad. Um, which is why I think it, it makes us cast such a cynical eye over, over yeah. this particular pile of trite. But um, what I, I did, I went on onto the, the World Wide Web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have the only... Not yet. Not Fingers yet. crossed. Um, so, and I found uh, an interview... What Ernest. sense were you using? Just just the site. Just just the site. I I I'm probably might go on to sound and site combined for like video stuff, maybe in another point. Yeah. Unlikely I'll be licking it up on the web. Not just yet. So the this is from Mother Jones, uh-huh. is the name of the website. And the headline was Author Ernie Klein was told video games would rot his brain, but who holds the high score now? Nice. And yeah, he does insist on being called Ernie. I didn't know that. I'm so yeah. sorry for misnaming you, Ernest. No, no. Well, I he mean, says Ernest. Ernest on his books, yeah. but in the day to day. He's a casual guy, right? Like, it's a rapport mm. thing. Like, call, call me Ernie. Yeah. You, you can call me Ernie, <laughs> chief. So I, um, I, I, most of what I found here is from the actual interview itself but uh-huh. in the introduction there were just two 
two sentences that I had to pull out. Cool. Um, just because they're they're very good. Yeah. And well, and they make us they'll make us happy. Is your hope that you know as we get to know the author, so we can get to know his work a little bit better as well? Yeah. I you know, not that I don't appreciate the work of of Mr. Roland Barth. Yeah. Um, I'm but just he was like chatting shit, wasn't he? <laughs> this author is alive. Yeah. So <laughs> check me, Roland. <laughs> so take that, bitch. Um, so I feel like there's something to be gained. Yeah, 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 As absolutely. well, I I do kind of feel like if Roland had to read Ready Player One, he would screw up his own essay. He and throw would kill it in a the bit. author <laughs> like, because it does it does kind of undermine everything that he's he's got to say. Oh. The two sentences I picked out were in describing the first book, Ready Player One. The, the author of this piece uh, tells us that Palmer Lucky, which is just the most absurd name, name, founder of the virtual reality company Oculus and inventor of its Oculus Rift headset, oh. was so taken with the first book that he made it required reading for new employees. Oh, imagine getting a job at Oculus. Well, it's Facebook as well now. Like, imagine yeah. the competitiveness of that hiring process and then being told that you have to immediately read so welcome here's the drinks machine it's a it's fun friday so everybody's dressed up as as an anime character read this book read this book before you talk to anyone and if you don't come to work with the entire script of war games memorized you are fucking fired out the door the other was um this isn't even a whole sentence this is just the 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 opening clause to a sentence Uh but powerful facts spilling right out of it Inclined's new novel, Armada, brackets, optioned by Hollywood before a word was written. Wow. Close brackets. That's a good sign. That is, yeah. Fair play to Ernest, because I've heard that even amongst, even on the Ready Player subreddit, right, people say Armada fucking sucks. Like, it's irretrievably bad. I've heard similar things when looking through reviews. I can't, I've looked up what it's about about ten times in the last couple of years, and I forget within it's one second. It's about... Time. Um, it's also so video it's, games yeah it's it? also video games it's like this kid who's been obsessed with a video game and it turns out that it was actually a it's way of training them up training oh. people up to fight a genuine that's alien invasion that's a fucking invasion. Futurama episode where Fry is doing Has space to do, yeah it literally is yeah um, here's some of the, the interview itself Mother Jones asks him your spoken word stuff is <laughs> will you apologise on is the record is hilarious have you tried stand up comedy this is... I, I like to think that they're trolling him with this question because his spoken word stuff is <laughs> his, offensively bad. Yeah. Like, like even not for spoken word. In terms of quality and, like, morality. morality. Yeah. Ernie Klein, I did try it. I discovered that my sense of humour didn't work too well with drunk comedy club audiences in Ohio. Yeah, blame the audience. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea, it's a, mate. It's a fantastic start. But something about my weird sense of humour in Austin Quirky. was a great match. I was just starting out trying to become a screenwriter, and I became the Austin Slam champion three times wow. for a nerdy, kind of a socially awkward guy. That did wonders for my self-esteem. I bet. God, imagine him getting amongst it in the Austin poetry scene. Um, he gets asked about sort of like some inspiration stuff. Um, well, he's made that so clear in every book. Well, yeah, and he Nowhere decides to... Nowhere has cited their sources more. Uh, well, and he decides to just absolutely ram that home oh. here. From being obsessed with Star Wars from the time I was five... From when it came out in 1977 until 1983 with The Return of the Jedi, that whole period I went as uh, Luke Skywalker for Halloween. I wanted to be Luke so badly. In my living room, I'd build an X-Wing cockpit out of couch pillows and play Space Invaders or Asteroids or Star Invaders or Starship or Star Master. (laughs) Any game with Star in the title. Ender's Game was a really formative book for me. I'd always spent a fair amount of time uh, imagining my version of Star Wars or Ender's Game or The Last Starfighter. Uh-huh. But the thing I'm ripping off even more so in my mind is Iron Eagle. It's one of these great 80s kids-can-do-anything movies like okay. The Goonies or Explorers. I watched it over and over. Now, there's so much happening here. The list of games Very and then good. admitting any game with Star in the title. Maybe that's just how he is then. Like, yeah. He just does talk in lists. But also... He does that thing where he has to do the broad to the specific appeal. Yeah. So he that, that list, I'd always spent a fair amount of time imagining my version of Star Wars, like huge. Very big. Ender's Game. Still quite big. Quite big. They made a movie of it not long ago. The Last Starfighter. Never heard of it personally. Never heard of it personally. Um, so it's like, he knows he can't just say Star Wars or Ender's Game because a certain They'll large like, section of his fans are going to be like, wow, that's, that's fucking normie that's some, shit. Yeah. But then also... Just to come out and say, the thing I'm ripping off even more so in my mind is, oh, here's another thing I'm just copying. 
Really, Admirable, you're right. Really quite sad. Admirable to be open about that. Mother Jones asks, your novels are so referential to geek culture that it almost seems fair to describe them as fan fiction. Ernie says... That, I, I again sort of think that Mother Jones is... Like, I that's kind a really of hope mean so. question. I kind of hope so. It's quite pointed. He does not pick up on that, no. if so. Um, well, maybe he expertly avoids mm, falling maybe, into their yeah. trap. Because he was three times slam champion. <laughs> he can think on his feet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, I think so. Everybody uses pop culture as a shorthand. You might make an obscure reference to Monty Python or Iron yeah, Eagle that he mentions again <laughs> that only some people will get. But or, if they do, the but if they do, it conveys a world of meaning. Oh. I wanted to be able to write in the voice that I talk to my friends and assume oh that everybody would know what I was talking about. Fanboys is about the way that a love of one facet of pop culture can bond you together with your friends. And I ended up getting it made into a movie with Princess Leia and Captain Kirk in it. That taught me that there's no geek dream that's too big. Yeah, he is kind of too big to fail in the geek verse. Mm. Well, you say that. Is the backlash? Well, reading, like, reading through reviews yeah. to like try and get one for, for sort of each episode... There's a lot of people who have written some really? real, like, essays. I think I think it had an interesting grace period, Ready Player One, where, like, it wasn't super well-known, and mm. it just flukily happened that the few times it had been reviewed by big outlets, they were, like, just... I think they were sort of confused by it. It would be like, you know when a film reviewer gets given, like, the Minions, the Minions movie? At a certain point you either just hammer it or you're like, it's not for me. Maybe this is actually really good. Yeah. It's like Mark Kermode reviewing video game movies. In fact, it's exactly that. He's always like, I've never played one. I, If you like he orcs, actively hates maybe them. that's good. He actively despises them. There's that uh, clip of him on the culture show where they made him and a bunch of other people play, a game. play the Nintendo Wii. And he's like, it's the worst hour of my <laughs> life I've ever spent. Like... There's nothing... But he's at least very open about the fact that, you know, if it's not for me, it's not for me. And I think I think Ready Player One had that treatment. It had a kind of, like, grace period, a honeymoon mm-hmm. period, where people, a lot of reviewers, serious reviewers, were just like, this book's really popular. I don't get it. Therefore, it must be good. Yeah. Uh, they never necessarily stated that third premise, but, but it, it was, was certainly left. read as yeah. subtext. And it seems like RP2 people have kind of had enough. <laughs> I, I just think it's so, it's so telling that sentence in there where he says about you can make an obscure reference to whatever yeah. um, it, and it conveys a world of meaning yeah, it, which it, it just does not does it? it doesn't no. convey any it, it doesn't one it doesn't well it doesn't convey any meaning at all it just like it reinforces a meaning that already has to be there because otherwise you're just doing that thing of saying Star Wars and then just laughing well, rather that, than but like, that is it this that is all he's doing it's yeah. not it doesn't enhance anything there's nothing meaningful the comparison, that's being transmitted a comparison or a reference only works if it's if it's situated in some kind of context where the thing reinforces some aspect of the situation. Yeah, if it enhances or if it manages to, like, clarify. Like, these are the ways in which, like, a reference can work. Uh, I mean, to clarify is a really, really weak use of something, but, like, people will do it. But, yeah, there has to be something there that is being properly reinforced. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, otherwise it's just the Family Guy critique of, like... In their worst seasons, they just sort of say something we've heard of. And, and then the you just laugh, yeah. yeah. Um, the final bit that I think you'll really, really like, because it ends on... It ends with Ernest saying something that he either... Mm-hmm. It's a bit like the, the whole debate uh, that happened years ago about Carl Pilkington. Either he is the biggest fucking doofus in the world, uh-huh. or he's the, the biggest genius ever playing okay. an incredible character. Yeah. Because he says something that you wouldn't get away with writing for him to say. <laughs> so I noticed this photo on your website of you playing guitar in what looked like a high school rock band. <clears throat> cool. Oh my God, says Ernie. We were called the VIPs, which is a Revenge of the Nerds 2 reference. Very immense penises. Everybody, oh. everybody thought it was a very important person. So we got away with it. That was our one gig. We played What I Like About You by The Romantics and We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
the, the amount of references in one it's in literally one calendar it is a song <laughs> it's just a song that is that like just things that set the, that set the tone for yeah. everything he's ever written Fuck. that That's you can so just write stuff that was a formative moment for me I realised that sometimes you can just you link, can just link events together like you hear that song and you go <laughs> yeah the past man the That's past very funny um, let's dive back in. Let's we, go straight we, back. I've been missing it. I've been yeah. missing it. So you remember he had two choices. He takes option three, a third way, which is to have robot therapy because he has therapy to prepare for his co-owners meeting. Right. The therapist is a, an AI and you can pick anyone, quote, from Freud to Frasier. So he's picked Sean Maguire, which is Robin Williams' character in Goodwill Hunting. The robotherapist asks about what he calls his mead feed addiction. Mead feed addiction. Mead We've got a new word feed addiction. This is his, what we, you and I might call a social media addiction. Right. But he, the Oasis kind of coagulated all other social media into one place. So Of course it did. Facebook, YouTube, all of that was like subsumed into one big mead feed uh, where you log in and you just see all that shit. It and by mead, is that like the drink? Yeah, like it's the like med- mead, yeah. But it's spelled uh, M-double-E-D, so it's actually not like Need feed, right, yeah. Um, Doesn't mean anything, yeah, you're right. He has done this cool thing. He's locked himself out of all his mead feed for a year. He's taken a year off social media, like, fair play. He can't see tweets for a Absolutely. year. He was getting pretty hectic on the socials, and he's done the right thing. He's dialed it. TikTok was a big time sink for him. Um, it's hard for Wade, particularly, and I don't know, like, I can't really empathise with this because I'm not in his position, but I can imagine that it would be... Because he's so famous and he's such a chad and he's the richest man in the whole world and yeah, he's yeah. also probably really handsome and cool. He's probably hot. He's probably got a huge dick as he's well. He's got a very important penis. Yeah. That's what I heard from Revenge of the Nerds 5 <laughs> or whatever the fucking hell that was. Um, haters. He's gonna get them. He's, yeah, of course Everything he will. Everything he does, the well, haters Well, let me are. tell you, the fucking woke left, yeah, they're, they're, gonna gonna be, to they're gonna be ways. hating him. Cancelling um, him left, right, and centre, and they're pretty snide. These They've haters. heard about all of these medical experiments <laughs> that he did on vulnerable people, oh, and on. all these drones that are going around the world blowing up like farmers. They'd who... have us back in Renaissance times, <laughs> at the would. very best. They would. Instead of calling him Parzival, his cool Avi, they instead call him Parvenu, as in like a social climber. Or, and this one's pretty cut. Oh, go on, Penisville. Oh. <laughs> Not a very important one. No, just just straightforward. Oh, oh, they've slammed him. And as if that wasn't as if that wasn't bad enough, let me just read you an extract. Things got really bad when a previously unknown music group called Tapioca Shindig released a song. (laughs) Such a fucking like two thousands quirky, adorable, like random name generator. Tapioca Shindig released a song titled "Sixer for Latin Punk." Uh, There's a lot to unpack here. Let me just give you the very brief. Latin. <laughs> That's something you're not allowed to do in the only. Well, not, not if yeah. you're a guy and another guy. The Sixers were the name they gave to the baddies in Ready Player One. Right. Um, anyways, this song called Sixer for Latin Punk, which used an auto-tuned soundbite from the live POV broadcast I'd made during the Battle of Castle Anorak, which is the end of Ready Player One, yeah. when I publicly declared to the world that, quote, if I find Halliday's Easter egg, I hereby vow to split my winnings equally with Artemis, H, and Shoto. If I'm lying, I should be forever branded a gutless sixer for laden punk. And so wow. they took the last part um, and the lyrics to the whole song were just me singing, I should be forever branded as a gutless sixer for laden punk over and over. The song instantly went viral. It was tapioca tapioca shindig's one and only hit they posted a music video to the only net that racked up over a billion downloads before i had it taken offline oh then wow I, then he's doing some <laughs> censoring then I hang on a minute his free internet yeah. where hang oh, on fuck. nothing he can do about the 50 person orgy <laughs> nothing he can do but the song or that the artemis downblast yeah. content <laughs> Then I sued the band for defamation and bankrupted you each of its members. You cannot sue someone for defamation for just repeating your own words. Which, of course, only made the public hate me even more. Yeah, well, yeah, 100%, <laughs> rightly so. I feel like at this point, Ernest is kind of pointing the camera or perhaps the mirror like directly at us. Yes. I knew the haters' opinions were utterly meaningless and had no effect whatsoever on our real lives. Unless, of course, we let it, which, of course, I did. 
And yes, the rational part of my brain knew that the vast majority of the people who trolled us online were acting out due to crushing disappointment with their own miserable lives. And who could blame them? Reality was completely miserable for a vast majority of the world's population. There was nothing I could do about that. I should have taken pity on the sad, pathetic souls who had nothing better to do with their time than vent their frustrations by starting a podcast called Big Bad Books. (laughs) I might have added the last bit, but it really reads. (laughs) Instead... So instead of turning the other cheek, I went on a rage-induced troll-killing spree. Several of them, actually. The super-user abilities I'd inherited from Halliday allowed me to circumvent the Oasis's strict policy of user anonymity. So when some snide douchebag using the handle Penisville Hater with an eight yeah pinpoint uh sorry posted something nasty about me on the mead feeds i pulled up his private account profile pinpointed his avatar's location and waited till he set foot inside a pvp zone that's player versus player then before penisville hater even knew what was happening i made my avatar invisible teleported in and zeroed his ass with a 99th level finger of death spell now that my avatar wore the robes of Anorak, I was omnipotent and invulnerable. So there was literally nothing anyone could do to stop me. This is just a kid, isn't it? Like, it's literally just a... It's, it's a, a well, well, kid. Well, actually, I know exactly where you are and I teleport in, but you, can't see, you can't see me and I'm invisible yeah. and I, so I'm going to kill you with and the special, special weapon and you can't get me because I'm invincible. Yeah. I'm invincible. Eventually, people began to accuse me of being the untraceable, undetectable, ultra-powerful avatar behind the killings. How many of them would there have to have been for this to become a pattern? It became so patently obvious that that it wasn't a glitch. The resulting online media backlash dubbed Parzivalgate destroyed my public image. Thanks to my robes, there was no hard evidence against me. And of course, I denied everything. But even I had to admit that the circumstantial case was pretty strong. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great thing to say about a crime you know you did. (laughs) A petition calling for official sanctions against me was digitally signed by hundreds of millions of Daily Oasis users. A few dozen class action lawsuits were filed against me. In the end, none of them amounted to anything. I was a multi-billionaire with unlimited resources (laughs) and the world's best lawyers on my payroll. Maybe, like... Is maybe Ernest's a comrade? Maybe this is like he's trying to make us hate so yeah. much. Maybe uh, if he because if he's not, he's just a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he is just a prick. There was nothing I could do about the anger I'd caused. There is something you could do. No, there nothing. is. So, there is. Some you have to you agree. There's do. nothing he can there, do. There's a, so many things that could be done. Here's another plot hook being deftly whipped out into the sea cool. by fisherman Ernest. Yep. One thing I'd never shared with my therapist or with anyone was the comfort I took from knowing that I had access to the big red button. Capital B, capital R, capital B. Basically, what this is, is that science has found that if the oasis ever goes offline, that is the end of civilization. And I thought about this for a moment and I thought that sounds ridiculous, but then... Given the confines of what he said the Oasis does, it basically is everything now. It'd be like if the internet suddenly went. Yeah. Like, stuff would get fucked up. And nobody knows, uh, well, I'll just read it to you, quote, that the Oasis's creator had rigged the whole simulation with a self-destruct button and that I alone now had access to it. Nobody knew that the fate of the whole world was literally in my hands, except me. And I wanted to keep it that way. There are just so many setups at this point. Mm-hmm. We've got this new big red button thing where it's like at some point he's got the fate of the, kill the, the world. world. We've got the spaceship, which is like his get out of jail. Very if much the environmental. Linked. I hit the button, I jump on the ship. Yeah. And, fuck and off. everyone just flips off on the way. I, I curl up in the embryo cube. <laughs> We've got this toll that he has to pay every time someone makes a discovery of the shard riddle, which is disappeared. About. We've got the whole embryo subplot, which just every day more embryos <laughs> being swept up into oh, space. It's just like, like, the like the fish tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Embry- you have to like have them extracted straight into a rocket ship. Yeah. Where are they going? Don't worry about it. It's okay. <sighs> We've got Belvedere and the weird AI tears. Yeah. We've got like this defense thing, which is about to come back as well. And then also the stuff about like maybe there is a humanitarian plot about shall we fix Earth? Yeah, there's, there's no way there's the, the there's his ex girlfriend. There's yeah, that's, like there's yeah, the wedding, of with, course. There's absolutely. will he or won't he dance Bollywood style? Like. <laughs> and if he does, will it blow her away? <laughs> there, there's too many things. 
There's, How far down her brows has the oh, public managed to gaze? There simply is no way that the book could resolve even a quarter of these in a way that approaches being satisfactory. And so I'm just fascinated to know when he's going to like say this is the one we're going it's with. Gonna, it's going to be some. It's going to be some absolutely obscene like Rube Goldberg machine of stuff that's like, oh, I I went into the Oni and I fucking jacked it so hard to some Artemis material that I yeah. fell over. I knocked the big red button. The, the internet died. collapsed. <laughs> I had to, the I, I had to ask off. Belvedere to like throw me up to the Vonnegut. <laughs> Silently, <Yeah. laughs> my dad. Uh, he makes the long trek to his office, that's his words, which is on the other side of his mansion. It used to be Halliday's office. He goes on for ages about how they're both sick gamers. Everything's shit like Easter eggs. And here's a new word alert. Motive. Mobile Tactical Immersion Vault. The motive was a logical extension of the concept of the standard immersion vault. An armored What's the coffin, immersion vault? Yeah, he hasn't told us that before. Okay, fine. So don't worry. An armored coffin that protected your sleeping body while your mind roamed the oasis. Except that my new device didn't just provide passive protection. And here you can imagine the wry smile. <laughs> didn't provide passive oh, protection. Oh, no. Part of GSS's new Super Vault Deluxe line of tactical Oasis immersion vaults, the motive looked more like a heavily armed robotic spider than a coffin. It was an armoured escape vehicle, an all-terrain weapons weapons platform featuring eight retractable armoured legs for navigating all forms of terrain, and a pair of machine guns and grenade launchers mounted on each side of its armoured chassis, or chassis as I know he would say, not to mention a bulletproof acrylic cockpit canopy for its occupant. Our in-house ad agency had already come up with the perfect slogan. If you're going to use lethal force to defend yourself, Yourself, you better have a motive. You uh, look deflated. I, I hate every bit of this. Like, it's just... It's cool. Uh, what I fucking hate is... Um, that you didn't come up with it first? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> filled with jealous rage. Well, Ernest knows the haters are just No, sad. it's is that, you know, from what I understood of the first book, a, a, a lot of it took place within the yeah. Oasis. Yeah, yeah, is that fair to most. say? Right? 80%. And therefore... If there's a bunch of like mad shit that's happening, it's like, well, it's not actually there. This is virtual, yeah. right? What I just hate is that the the step up in stakes seems to be that I can actually, in the real world, have any machine that I want. Yeah, like I can have, I can have variously like neutered AI robots to do my bidding and do everything I want. I can have an arm I can have a big fucking rocket filled with cum that's just gonna go to the <laughs> go to the moon and like and I can live on it with my ex girlfriend. Like and it's got, indestructible. I've got a big spider coffin yep. that will shoot you down. He's like, got all I of can, the police bots over rural I've America. Got, yeah, I've got like I've got people twenty four seven gunning down any queer who dares step <laughs> onto the internet. Like I've just it's just it's just shit. Like it's just shit. You're right. There, the stakes are so high because no, he's got everything to no lose. Stakes. <laughs> there's no stakes. The at all. higher you stand, there's the literally you fall. no stakes at all. Like. I, and he even, like, that is even being flaunted by author and protagonist yeah. in, like, well, it turned out that I, I just was going around killing people, like, but everyone knew it was me. There was a big song about it. There was a huge petition about it, but it also, it didn't, it didn't matter. matter. It had zero And also what I like here is that, uh, and you alluded to this when you were like, you didn't know what a normal vault is. He's introducing now a solution to a problem we didn't know there yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Just to be like, and, and that other problem, just in case you thought of that. You may you remember, I've but you may not. Too. <laughs> How I... did I cover it? With another piece of weirdly named tech. Yeah. So basically all this is, is just a way of, uh, so that he can't be fucked you, with him. You area. remember when we um, when we used to have the radio show, yeah, yeah. Dial M for Toby, yeah. right? And it was our job each week to come up with a feature. Yeah. And the way that we did it was whoever the guest was, we took their name, yeah. we made a pun out of their name, and then from that worked backwards yeah, to yeah, what yeah. the feature is. Like, he thought of this... If you're going to use lethal thought, lethal force, you better have a motive. Yeah. And then was like, I'm going to retcon this into my own world. Most probably. Um, the idea of this is that he can control this vehicle from within the simulation or outside. So that if he was in the Oni and some shit went down, he can drive it around, quote, while hurling insults at my would-be assailants through the ear-splittingly loud speakers mounted on its heavily armoured exoskeleton. Very cool. Most Oni users can't afford this technology. No way. To know. And uh, this has led to an interesting ramification, which is, quote, a new breed of thieves, rapists, serial killers, and organ harvesters preyed on those Oni users who failed to lock up their bodies while their minds were on vacation. 
So, hmm, so that's just drop that in there. That's this another is, plot hook. And this, it turns out, is what the Body Locker hotels are about. They've all sprung up because they are, as he describes, you rent a, quote, coffin-sized room so no one can murder you or harvest your organs. Or so that everyone knows where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Um, very strange. I went into the office's private bathroom and remained there until I'd emptied my bowels and bladder as much as possible. Good. This had become a pre-login ritual for every Oni user, especially those who wanted to remain logged in for a full 12 hours without soiling themselves. <laughs> Which you've got <laughs> to hope is most. <laughs> a good 90% of them at least. He gets into the motive, which is like lying in a sort of big gel. So it's very comfortable. And also it like wiggles your arms so that your muscles don't atrophy every so often. Um, and he goes down to Halliday's secret bunker that we've never heard of before. Good. But very secret. Secret of, even to us and case, the author. In case World War Three happened. I guess the idea seems to be that because everyone knows where he lives, he's worried that like, he literally says that some despot might fire a missile at him. So he has to only access the only from three kilometers underground. Right. Very cool. The elevator as well. One thing you've probably noticed in this chapter is that it's been kind of light, apart from Jeff Goldblum's The Fly, on the references. It has, yeah. So let me just give you this one. Okay, good. This elevator had been designed so that if you looked straight up during its descent, it perfectly recreated the look of the top-secret Pepsi elevator guarded by B.B. King in Spies Like Us. Oh, uh, yeah, that is High good. five. Bang, that's a reference. I secretly loved coming down here. Three kilometres beneath the earth in this armoured concrete bunker. I felt like it was on my own private... Bat cave. Although it was obvious to me now that Bruce Wayne could never have been able to construct his crime-fighting crib all by himself with no one to help him laying the plumbing and pour the concrete by his geriatric butler. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Wow. A female voice prompted me to speak my passphrase and I I recited it. If I I had an entire franchise that was based so much on like Deus Ex as this, I probably wouldn't be like going for plot holes in, in much more works. established <laughs> universes. Yeah, that is that is quite harsh from Ernest. Um, he logs into the Oni and he has recently reset his passphrase to the same one that he used during, quote, the latter days of Halliday's Hunt, a lyric from the 1987 song, Don't Let's Start by They Might Be Giants. And just think about this because it's almost the end of the chapter, so I feel like yeah. this must have thematic weight. Fingers crossed. No one, ev- no one in the world ever gets what they want. And that is beautiful. Once my passphrase was accepted and I agreed to the only safety warning, the system finished logging me in. I heard myself breathe a sigh of relief as reality receded and the oasis faded into existence all around me. Wow. End of chapter four. Beautiful stuff. The aimlessness really prevalent on every page as we pinball like the scatterbrained thoughts of a drunk between eight to 12 different potential could-be plot elements. None of them seemingly yet frozen in place as this is the one we're going for. No. And we have to wonder how much longer can he keep juggling all these balls before he has to just pick one and say, this is the story now, this ball here. Probably at least another 5% of the book. Probably the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Probably the whole thing. It's probably just one big setup for Ready Player 3. Here's hoping. Yeah, fingers crossed. He actually said that uh, he's already had an offer for Ready Player 3, of course. If he were going to do it, it would be Ready Player Zero, a prequel to how the whole thing came about in the first place. We wow, get boring, Halliday, I don't want that. Ogden, Morrow. Oh my God, Ogden, I forgot about that, yeah. With his private runway. Yeah, yeah. Because he's rich. He's private, yeah, he's got the private runway. He could use a normal runway and charter a private jet, but he's got both. He's got, yeah. Well, and that, cool. that, to me, is that sticks That's with me success. while through the rest of the novel because it, it really is going to pay off so much in the final chapter knowing about Oggy's big private runway. Absolutely it is. That's all we've got time for, I think, this week on Big Bad Books this fortnight, in fact. Thanks for checking out. Now, we're a brand new podcast. We'd love your reviews. We'd love Um, it. Shame.city slash book review will take you to the Apple Podcast page where you can leave us a five-star review. Please. Oh, please. If you write it in the style of Ernest Klein's Ready Player One, even better. It will be very good. We'd love to see that. Yeah. We've got a bunch of other things going on in the Shame City world, which I leave it to Declan's capable mouth to spew out while you. I have a drink. So, um, the the hub for all of this, for everything that we're doing here at Shame City, is the website, which is, helpfully, shame.city. That's yep. it. Simple as. You can access all of our projects from there. Um, but if you'd like some more specific things, then of course, of course I understand. You could go and follow us over at Shame City Gang on Twitter. Yep. Or, if you just want to follow this show, you can follow us at 
Big Bad Books. Um, we have another podcast that we do, kind of alternating weekends with this one called yep. That's a Shame. You might like to check it out. We look at other things that are not Ready Player Two that are also quite bad or weird. We sure do. Where do we talk about all those things? <sighs> that would be shame.city slash Discord, Indeed. if you wanted to come and join us there. We also stream quite regularly over at twitch.tv slash shamecity with two Y's. Or just go shame.city slash twitch. All these links are in the show notes. Um, we'll be back in two weeks for chapter five. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to put off reading it as long as I can. Good, good. See you then, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye.